Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Seasons of the Witch. It's a rainy night here in Springfield, Mass, and um, we're glad that you were able to make it and listen to us this evening. Um, We're so happy again to be back on the, the radio uh, as, we, as you know, we took a, hi- a hiatus for a little bit um, just because of all the things that were going on uh, in our lives, especially with the house situation, which is still coming along well. And um, we're looking to move back into our beautiful home, our, our once again, our beautiful home um, in the mid to late summer. So... Um, that's something that we're really anticipating, and we're getting back on track with all kinds of really interesting uh, projects that we're going to be doing. Okay, hold on one second here. Ah, yes. Okay, so tonight uh, our show is going to be about psychic self-defense and um, how what that means and how we choose. I'm going to let Raven talk a little bit about that. I would like to just make a couple of announcements, and then we'll get right into the subject matter, because it's uh, an interesting and and, uh, very sought-after topic. Uh, We are often written to about um, this subject, and um, it it can be of concern to many people. So we're happy to be talking about this this evening. Indeed. So what I'd like to say is that... um, On Thursday night, tomorrow night, we'll be in Bellingham, Massachusetts at the Robin's Nest uh, doing a workshop called Empowering the Old Ways of Magic. And if you're interested in coming, just give Robbie a call at the Robin's Nest, and uh, we'd be very happy to see you there. Uh, The next um, thing I'd like to say is that in, um, in by Cornwall on the Hudson, 
we will be at Beltane Celebration there, the 11th annual Beltane hosted by Bernadette Montana and Breed's Closet. And we will be speaking there as well as vending there. And uh, we'll have some really exciting new things to show you uh, at that uh, particular thing. I also have some exciting things that I'm going to be putting up on Raven's Loft, our web store, which is at ravensloft.biz. So if you are in um, the market for something new that will add an enrichment and enhancement to your practice, come and take a look. It'll be up there no later than Monday because um, I'm still uh, working on getting all of the uh, information put together and launched. So, Raven, what would you like, like to say about tonight's show, my dear? Uh, I don't feel like talking. I'll just kick back. And... <laughs> you just kick back and yeah. listen to me blabbing. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll just chill out. I feel like chilling. Uh, yeah, so tonight we're going to talk about psychic self-defense. And um, kind of the arts that are around that. But part of what I think we need to look at is what does that really mean, psychic self-defense, and, and what is psychic versus anything else? And I think the best way to look at it is to just think of the idea that psychic attack or psychic self-defense is actually built around the idea of, of, a, of a link to someone through some energetic source, source that affects the psychic nature of an individual, in other words, the perceptual uh, nature of somebody. You can get into somebody's head through psychic um, techniques, and this is a thing you want to defend yourself against, is people who want to do something like that or want to mess with you, you know, on some other level than face-to-face. We need to look at the idea of who and what we are um, when we think about these ideas as far as defending ourselves and how it's affecting us and what we can do about it. Most of the time, however, what people think that they're under psychic attack or somebody's doing something to them or doing a spell or whatever it is against them, most frequently that's probably not the case. There are really few people who are adept enough to be doing anything on that psychic level that uh, that is significant enough to cause you to have to do something about it. Um, the people that boast that they can um, are often the ones that really can't, and it's more that they want you to think they can. I always liken things back to my martial arts training, and you know what I see back then is somebody who is in a situation where they will then go, oh, I have to warn you, I know martial arts, or, you know, something like that, is typically um, because somebody who's really masterful at uh, martial arts will let you find out their mastery um, in a surprise moment. They won't advertise it. They'll just um, react, and and then you'll find out too late uh, Exactly what you're dealing with. So if someone's threatening you with psychic attack or they go around boasting that all the time, um, the odds are that they're really not proficient at it to begin with. Um, I just say that to comfort you because I always have people saying, oh, I'm under the evil eye or I'm under psychic attack and, you know, they get all freaked out. But usually it's not the case. Well, I think a lot of times people give away their power yeah. in thinking that that's what's, you know, going on when it's really their own 
uh, vibration or their own uh, worry and concern that's creating right personal fear. Right. So, if we look at ourselves first to see what it is we're dealing with, you know, personally on anything, we need to understand that there's two energetic things happening to us as a being. First of all, our physical bodies. Now, our physical bodies, as we know, are made up literally of stardust. We have the minerals and dust or whatever of the stars themselves that really comprise our body. So we have this physical body, which actually has a cellular resonance um, because of its composition. Um, that brings the celestial and terrestrial natures together. It also is part of why we are electromagnetic energy or have electromagnetic energy. And we know this because this is how, you know, scans work, uh, our EKGs and, and all that kind of stuff are based upon, lie detector tests are based upon this electromagnetic energy that we generate. So it's a real thing, and that energy can be transmitted as well as, um, you know, uh, built up as a shield. Now, added to that, we have the soul's energy, which animates the body, and the soul's energy produces what I would call the aura of an individual. So it is a magnetic, electromagnetic, energized soul energy that is around us um, as our aura. Now, metaphysical teachings are that anything that happens to us, uh, physically, psychically, or in any other way, uh, first happens in the astral body. So a disease will first happen there, an attack will first happen there. You know, anything short of a physical accident. You know, being, being hit by a car is not something that builds up in your aura. So, in in that case, is it is it come to you astrally because it it goes from the thought process from a person into the astral, and so then it travels to the astral and comes down through the astral to you? I mean, is that the, the yeah, that physical would, process? That would be the mechanism. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody may not know that that's what they're doing by sending it, but they, they certainly are. They're sending this energy out from themselves, and it's being processed through an astral function. Mm -hmm. The astral function is a non-material plane of existence. And it's formulating there, and when it's strong enough to have cohesion or intent uh, embedded within it, that energy will then move into the aura of the target person. Um, it will begin to, to activate there, and we're going to talk about ways of charging the aura so that that cannot happen. Um, but that's how someone's attack will usually uh, be launched. There are other methods, which we'll get into later in the show, mm -hmm. about how somebody can try to do that to you. But I want the emphasis of the show to be on how to dispel all of that, um, how to set things up so that you don't really have to worry about that. And then we're going to talk about what is practical and truthful in the whole process. Um, and I think that will help give balance to what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, you have the aura, and the aura is, is the first, uh, let's say, place to be contaminated or charged, if you will, um, by someone else's energy. What happens is I like to think of these things as um, kind of like sticky objects, you know, um, bits of chewed gum, you might say, is the, is the psychic attack, and it's thrown at you, and it begins to stick as it hits you. And because it's sticking, 
it's having an effect. And the more that's thrown at you, the heavier the effect is going to be. You may not even know that that's what's happening, but something will make you realize that things aren't right. Um, most of the time, when you get the first level psychic attacks, it's going to produce a string of um, things like bad luck or knocking things over or, you know, being awkward. It's going to be first that level where you're just realizing that something's off and, and uh, something is off because you're your body and spirit are now having to deal with this energy. And so it's diverting some quality energy to that situation, which, which um, ends up in your life as these sort of you know, odd things that are happening. Uh, you may lose things and place things, become absent-minded. Um, you know, these are things that are warning signs, I think, um, to psychic attacks. But those aren't the, the psychic attack isn't the only reason those things might be happening. But that's the first thing I look at. If there's an abundance of that and it just seems odd, then I will check in and see if somebody's, you know, messing around on a psychic level, uh, and then I'll I'll take uh, actions in accord with that. So once the uh, aura fills with this energy, then that energy leaks into the body, and that's when physicality begins. To happen that's when you might feel ill or you might feel um, you know dizzy spells or weak or have bad, bad dreams um, this kind of thing because your body is now being affected by the energy once your body's affected by the energy it's a domino effect you've got mind body and spirit all being affected by this energetic uh, force field around you um, the good news is that psychic attacks are usually easy to get rid of and like I said, most people that launch them aren't really adept at it, so that even makes it easier. The ones that are adept at it take a little extra time, um, but psychic self-defense is relatively uh, easy and 99.9% uh, effective. So one thing that I like to point out to people is that we're under psychic attack all the time from our environment alone. And what I mean by that is watching TV, for example, is a continual barrage of, of psychic <clears throat> energy, uh, constant commercials, constant things about health concerns, constant uh, breaking news, you know, um, all these things that are always hitting you. You know, you watch one TV show for a half an hour and you get a handful of Things telling you you need this medication. Um, I was just going to say, and then know, the, that, the biologics will kill you. Yeah, they'll yeah, damage you. They'll, yeah. you know. You know all the things that can go <laughs> wrong and all these things you need. And so even psychologically, you're being hit right. with all that. The theme of the show may also do that. And any breaking news that comes along. You know, I always felt psychologically that for every negative story that a, a TV news broadcast, it should broadcast a positive. To counter it. So, you know, if they go and tell a story about a, uh, somebody burning, you know, setting arson fires, then the next, um, ep the next section should deal with somebody that was heroic and, you know, save somebody from a drowning or some dog that yeah. woke the or family from. Rebuilt. Yeah, you know, yeah, some really, somebody uh, getting a GoFundMe that's turned their life around, you know, so that 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 psychic energy is scrubbed away or at least minimized or countered by something possible. 
Well, does, does a barrage like that, does that, does that eventually eat away at, the, uh, at your aura and make holes in it and make you more susceptible, or does that, no, that's not, it doesn't work that way? No, it's not making holes, but what it's doing is it's transferring that energy into your body. Uh-huh. You know, so, so if you, yeah, so if you already happen to be a hypochondriac, right. you know, watching three commercials in a row, you know, do you have this, do you have that, ask your doctor if this <laughs> medicine is right for you, yeah. you know, um, you might begin to think something's wrong with you physically, right. you know, um, and you might be down that day having a, some mild depression, and then you watch a commercial on chronic depression. Yeah, and all of a sudden you've you know, got that you disease. Think, oh, what yeah. that's what I got. Yeah. And then you make an appointment with your doctor, and the mm-hmm. doctor, yeah, that's what you got. You know, and he's going to give you the medicine that the pharmaceutical companies are pressuring him to give every month. Um, and so it's just this idea that you know it's not for your good, for your well-being. You you have to take your own well-being into your own hands because. They're not interested in your well-being. They're interested in selling something to you or in getting you, you know, so upset about something on the news that you'll continually turn, tune in, you know, all night, all day long to get these updates. None of that is healthy for you. You could do that once a day and you'd be fine. You'd, you'd have the news and you'd catch it again, you know, later on. There's nothing the news is going to do in the moment that's going to change your life or save you from anything, you know, unless it's a local emergency process. So what I like to do, pardon me, what I like to do when I'm watching the news, especially if it's political, is I like to use humor. I will um, make jokes about what the person's saying or how they look or what they're really saying, you know, behind uh, their, their words. And I just sort of take what they're trying to give me as serious and truthful and important. If I, if my sensors say it's bullshit, um, I will make fun of them. And that humor is actually a scrubbing mechanism. It doesn't allow the psychic energy to stick because you are dismissing it in the moment that it's trying to do that. Whereas if you just sit there and take it and get angry and call the guy names and all that you're actually taking in the energy that they're throwing against you and it's not healthy it will affect you on mind body and spirit you won't you won't be well as a result of listening to you know somebody lying to you on the news um, and uh, trying to manipulate you and and trying to make you think think things are one way when they're clearly the other way these are the things we have to protect ourselves against so so be proactive in that don't just sit there and take it. I mean, even yelling at the guy, you know, I mean, sure, it's venting and it may make you feel better for a moment, but it's not getting rid of the energy. You're participating in the energy. So just try to try to goof around with what you're hearing when it's annoying you and uh, see if that doesn't feel better. I, I think you'll find that it does. I have to use the mute button. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie uses the mute button a lot. <laughs> They haven't taken that away. They take away your ability when you're when you're on demand. Now you have to watch the commercials. You used to be able to fast forward through them, but you can't yeah. do that anymore. Either. Right. Yeah, they they find ways around it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk um, briefly. Uh, we'll list the methods of attack. Touch on those, and, not, and that may bring us up to a break. I'm not sure, but we'll see what happens here. And then we'll talk about how you prevent psychic attacks, how you banish or defend against them, 
And then we'll talk also about how they can be severed. So that's going to be later in the show. And we'll do a little meditation um, to show you some techniques uh, of how to energize yourself to dispel this. I always, we're wanting to do more of, of that on the radio show now to do some something where the our listeners can participate with us and uh, come away with a technique. I think that that's um, it's helpful. Yeah, it's helpful. I think it'll make the show more interesting and, and uh, practical than just uh, us pontificating <laughs> here in our sitting on our thrones and our soapboxes. So methods of attack include spells that someone will cast against you. That's a formalized way of attacking you. Dreams, getting into your dreams. That's that's a kind of a tricky way of messing with you. Uh, the use of talismans and charms in which they're making an object that's designed to fix energy on you. Usually those are delivered in some way. Um, someone may bring it to your house, mail it to you, put it on your Facebook wall. In some way, they'll try to, to deliver it. Um, they can also deliver those in dreams, which is a whole other year. So we have spells, dreams, the talismans. Um, then we have pockets where someone might, might try to make a an image of you and do things to the image in the hopes that it will do things to you. Like one technique I know that people use in modern times is they'll make a poppet of an individual and then they'll put that person poppet in the freezer. And the idea that that has stopped them or bound them in some way. And that can be used in a negative way, just as it can be used in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need ways of, of dealing with Well, it's, the, well. it's the informing of whatever you are doing mm-hmm. um, with the intention, purpose. And then there's the old school method, which is personal links, where someone has a flock of your hair, fingernails, and soiled clothing, um, these things will link you to them. And um, it's a very, very uh, time-proven method of, um, of being able to affect somebody. If you have these things, you, in essence, have a piece of them. If you have a piece of them, you have a stepping stone to them. And, um, and that's a whole other story. So spells, dreams, talismans, poppets, and personal links. Um, with the personal links, try not to leave any of those behind. If you go if you're at uh, an event or whatnot, you know, just try to make sure that your hair, nails, and clothing are something you take back with you. Um, and most people aren't out to get you. Most people aren't out to, you know, out of their way to do these things. But you know, there are some. People, lesser types in our community who, you know, kind of revel in the idea of ill will and causing people harm, and, and they exist in all groups and religions and organizations. It's nothing unique to the pagan or magical community. But um, I, th- I think you would know if somebody were that intent on harming you that, you know, leaving anything behind. I mean, I, I don't think you would be leaving anything behind in the vicinity of where there's somebody lurking like that. I well, you know. might not know. That's the that's intent. Creepy. You might not know somebody's intent to do that. You know, I'm not <laughs> trying to get paranoid here, but, you know, um, being true. a public figure. Yeah. You know, for example, being yeah. a public figure. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a public figure, and, and there are people that... Uh, well, there are people who will do work for other people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... and um, 
I can be a target, you know, and sometimes I'm a target of someone's uh, dysfunction, their frustration with something, their, you know, whatever. whatever it might be that, you know, they get their nose out, but I've been out of shape for one thing or another. Um, and, and, you know, I think being an author, for example, people read your books and articles and posts and stuff like that, and some people don't like it. And they're sending negative energy, and if they don't realize they're doing that, right. they're constantly bombarding you with psychic energy that is uh, not very positive. And so as a public figure, you need to have an ongoing cleansing and protection energy around you, um, because intentionally or not, people are putting psychic debris on you um, when they're unhappy with you, um, you know, real or imagined uh, um, they're just putting out all this energy, so you have to be, you know, careful about that. There are people that come to events, and I've had them. They just some people will come just to heckle. That's their only intention. They'll get into a class and or whatever, and they're just there to to annoy you. And you know, and so that's the type of person that may go the extra mile, and uh, you know, try to find an object. Um, so you know, you just have to be careful, not paranoid, but practical. And realizing what is your situation and what is the likelihood that someone would go out of the way to mess with you. Uh-huh. You know, for me, it's not being paranoid to think that somebody would because they do. <laughs> you know, uh, most of them are no longer here to tell the tale, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm good. <clears throat> I have Guido and Vinny take care of that. I don't have to use magic. Okay. So that bullshit aside, um, let's talk about, um, well, where are we? Do we need a break? No. What do you have next coming up? Um, methods of preventing. It'll probably take us another 20 minutes. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> then we can take a break. All right, so we'll take a break after this segment. Next section. So this is about preventing. You know, you may or may not sense anything, but you want to make sure that at least you have some, you know, something up protecting you. The most common is what we call in, in modern times the wards. And wards are your ongoing protections that you put around your house, in your home, outside of your home, and also things that you might wear, um, such as a necklace or a ring or a bracelet that you charge. Uh, these are the things that um, you can use as wards. So wards are something that you want to keep charged in the the ideal thing is to recharge them like every new moon, every full moon, um, and uh, this, this keeps them vital and viable. Um, you can use uh, the most common one for witches uh, is to use the five-star pentagram. And what I do um, for wards is I will go to each window in the house and use either my wand or my athame and I will trace a five-pointed star on each of the windows. But when I trace a five-pointed star, I'm not simply tracing out a star. I'm mentally envisioning what that represents. And what it represents is the elements of earth, air, fire, and water, which are the creative elements. And that the fifth element, which is the tip of the star, um, is spirit or aether. And aether is the guiding cohesive element it keeps the five, uh, the four elements together and directs them and gives them intention. So I might even say something to the idea of I am Aether or I am the fifth element and I bring together earth, air, fire, and water 
to be a ward and a protection. And once I say that, I'll trace the five-pointed star in every window and every doorway in my house. And as I'm tracing the star, um, I always say this as I'm putting energy into that star after declaring my elemental mm, right to power, I guess you might call it. Um, I will say strict charge and watch. I give that into this place no evil thing nor ill intent may pass as I'm drawing this. And then I will, with that final mil, nor ill intent pass, I will push the dagger or the wand or whatever tool I'm using into the center of that star to fix that charge there. So I will say that three times in a row. Strict charge and watch I give that into this place no evil thing nor ill intent may pass. So I will repeat that three times when I'm drawing the wards. Now, that particular ward will take any energy that has that negative vibe. It will take that energy and lock it and dissolve it by the elemental forces. So it won't let it through. It's kind of like, you know, you shall not pass. You're hooked by the pentacle. Mm -hmm. And it's a star that's blocking your way. And the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water are denying you access and aether is making sure that this pentacle is holding its integrity and keeping anything from coming in now to enhance that you can take uh, grains of salt um, i prefer kosher salt but you can take even table salt and sprinkle it in a unbroken line across the window seal and door jam door jam mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. door jam yeah of any um, entrances into the house. You can also use brick dust. That's an old magic. Red brick dust. Red yeah. brick dust. Mm-hmm. It will do the same. It's messy, though. It's messy, so you might want to use the salt. You can vacuum up the salt, mm-hmm. but I'd set it back down, uh, particularly if you feel something going on. Uh, but salt on the thresholds of your windows uh, is very effective, uh, on the door jam as well. Um, just uh, make sure that, you know, walking over the, over the door jam, um, refix the line of salt if you've stepped on it because you don't want any breaks in the salt. And then, of course, um, you know, the old style stuff is prayer. But prayers to your deities, prayers to spirits, prayers to guardians of thresholds um, that you are protected and that no ill intent nor evil will or an evil thing can enter in because there are dark spirits. And they can be sent against you. They can accidentally be called to you, yeah. um, depending on what you're messing with. Um, there's lots of things going on. The, our ancestors firmly believed in spirits of the threshold and that it was a tricky place. It was that place between places, like a jam of a door. Liminal space. It's a liminal space. It's not inside the house nor outside the house. It's in between. And our ancestors felt that those were really tricky areas that could be penetrated or contaminated. There's something lurking there. Something lurking there, and uh, if you step on it, it it, it can affect you. That's one of the reasons why uh, the custom of carrying the bride across the threshold um, was uh, a practice, because they would lift her up to make sure she didn't step on these liminal in-between places as she entered her home for the first time so that she could go and activate the hearth within the home and not be contaminated by energies that may have tried to attach themselves to her and therefore to the new house 
uh, new life within the house. So you can see that this idea of the threshold was very important magically, and really still is. Um, we just don't tend to put as much emphasis on it as our ancestors did. Um, magical people put some on, but moguls certainly don't. Well, they're portals, mm-hmm. is what they are, and and you know you, you have to be careful. Like you said, you don't have to, it doesn't even have to be sent, depending on what you're doing or what you've done. Things can enter. Right. Now you can also put um, Rowan, vows of Rowan, um, above a door or above a. Um, top of a window and that's magically protective you can what i what we do often is we'll take a a long stem rose with the needle with the thorn still on it Mm -hmm. and set those in the window frame Uh, i've got one upstairs in my temporary study now that forms a uh, a line across the window much like you see these signs that say no this or no that, or a circle with a line through it. I've got a very large rose stem, lots of big thorns on them, and I've got it crossing the window that way. Um, and so that's a deterrent to any anything astral. And it's also a deterrent to astral travelers um, to pass through some area that contains thorns like that. We are, we also um, we have a uh, hawthorn uh, tree that we prune and we leave the branches full. We use those in the windows. You can right. use those. You can use black thorns, uh, anything like that that right. you can use as a barrier, basically. Um, another thing you want to consider too is you you don't want to have a mirror mm. opening or facing a door right. or a window. You don't want it to be facing something that's open has an open portal to it because that leaves it. becomes an astral gateway for travelers and also don't have mirrors, facing mirrors. No. Um, That's probably the worst thing you can do. That creates a dimensional um, highway to (laughs) lots of different places, so definitely do not. Um, Some people go the extra mile, and um, at nighttime, they'll put a uh, cloth or sheet over over a mirror in their bedroom. Not a bad idea. Um, going to sleep opens you up to, you're, you're more susceptible when you're asleep, your body is, um, so you want to wear something or have something over your headboard. Um, uh, one method you can use, which I always use when I know I'm under psychic attack, is I will, uh, when I go to bed, I will take my fingers of both hands, and I'll interlace them so they lock. And I lay that on my solar plexus, kind of like you're, you know, it's almost like a funeral uh, posture. You'll see people they cross their farms or whatever. But these are your fingers interlaced over your solar plexus. Your solar plexus is where energy comes into you on an etheric or astral level. It is the, um, let's call it chakra or opening or, or personal center through which there's an energy exchange with ether, uh, the mana around you. So by interlacing your fingers and laying it over your solar plexus as you're drifting off to sleep, that creates a closed doorway. It's a barrier against that energy exchange. You also cross your right ankle over your left ankle at the same time. This creates a short circuit in your electromagnetic energy flowing through you 
that makes it impossible for someone to access you energetically because you've actually changed the, the, per, the current, the quality or the resonance of that. Um, so they can't naturally work with it. It would almost be like somebody trying to match blood types that are you know don't work. It, it, it's unsuccessful. So if you do that with the interlaced fingers, you've actually protected your body and therefore your astral body from being uh, you know, messed with during sleep or during astral projection. Um, so that's something that I personally use and found very effective and, uh, and recommend. Um, bear in mind that you have a natural protection with your physical body and your astral body. It's called the silver cord. And your astral body is tethered to you as long as you're alive. So if your astral body is out traveling and really no matter where it is, if someone's attacking you, you physically, either literally physically or attacking you astrally through your body, that cord will pull you back in so that your consciousness is drawn back to your body so that you can deal with whatever's going on. So if somebody touches you physically or astrally, your, your uh, cord will bring you back fully into your body. So you never need to be you know, concerned on that level about astral projection or anything else going on. So let's see, we've looked at these preventive ways. Uh, crystals are good. Crystals are nice, to, especially to put up around your, your headboard and charge them with an intent, the same intent that I gave you before, that no evil thing may enter in and may contaminate you. Um, and we'll later on talk, when we do the meditation, we'll just talk about an ener a basic energy field that you can put around you uh, and reinforce all the time, which would make it unnecessary to have to do a lot of the things we're talking about on the show. But the things we are talking about on the show are at least for practical things you can draw upon if needed. Um, you can even carry a crystal with you that can be a portable uh, ward um, and put them on your desk at work and minimize the contamination you know, that you might be getting from your boss or other employees and, and their own bad moods or, or bad days or they're annoyed with you or whatever. You know, these are contaminations that are charging your aura all the time. If there's someone at work who's out to get you, that's an energetic exchange. And you need to definitely be wearing something or have some crystal or something, you know, on your desk, uh, which shouldn't be really that hard to do, um, to have something personal on your desk or on your person. It doesn't even have to be showing as long as it's present. So well, that's going to lead us into our next category. So I think we should take a little break and uh, listen to some music, and then we'll come back and discuss banishing and defending. So stay with us on Seasons of the Witch, and we'll be right back after this song.
Welcome back to Seasons of the Witch with Raven and Stephanie Gramasi. Um, I just want to mention, too, that there's um, a couple of books that um, I would recommend, Raven would recommend, and uh, for psychic self-defense, and those are called, uh, the one is Practical Guide to Psychic Self-Defense by Denning and Phillips. That's a, a very good book, and it's an older book. Right. Probably through the Wellen. Yeah, it, it's a very good book. It, it didn't um, get all the attention I think it deserved, but it's a, it's a very good book. And uh, another is Psychic Self-Defense by Dion Fortune, who's an old occultist. I'm sure many uh, old-timers would know that, even you youngins. If you don't know her, you need to know her. And then uh, uh, one that's pretty um, common that you'll find is the Practical Self, uh, the Practical Psychic Self-Defense book by Robert Bruce, which um, I used to carry all of these in the store uh, when we were more of a all-around store, but uh, you can find these on Amazon easily and uh, recommend those. Uh, so uh, we will continue here with our discussion. Right. Um, so let's pick up uh, with the banishing and defending. So this would be something you would do um, once you believe that something's happening to you. If there's two physical ways of, of dealing with this, and we're going to talk about that. So one method is to charge you, your body itself, which will also charge basically mind, body, spirit. It involves uh, putting a five-pointed star on your upper torso. So I'll describe it to you, and then we'll talk about it. But I'll describe it to you, and, and see, just follow along, and you'll, you'll see how this traces a five-pointed star. So the first point is the top. So put your fingertip on your forehead, upper forehead, and then draw a straight line from there down to your right nipple and then over to your left shoulder and then to your right shoulder and then down to your left nipple and back up to your forehead. So if you do that, forehead, right nipple, left shoulder, right shoulder, left nipple, forehead, you've traced a five-pointed star on you. So I would do that. Um, as you're going to sleep, um, if you're in your home and you feel a presence or you feel some effects of that, um, say, you know, then you would say, you know, by the powers of earth, air, fire, and water, the protective powers or the transmitting powers or banishing powers, whatever word works for you, retrace the star in that same pattern, and then you would say what you said before, on the other charge, so it's strict charge and watch I give, that in, pardon me, that into my person, no evil thing or, or ill intent may pass. So strict charge and watch I give, that into my person, no evil thing or ill intent may pass. So you say that as you do the tracing, and you trace and say the words three times. This will help defend um, your psychic eye so that, that nobody's getting through that, that energetically and it will also bring the upper voice and and heart chakra into protective power 
um, which will help deflect anything that's being sent against you. Mind, body, and spirit is protecting you on those levels. Um, so that's something you'd want to do. And I, again, it's particularly when you're going to sleep, say that as you drift off. Um, I think you'll find that very effective. Um, the other one is called severance. And this is a very primitive form of magic, but most of the primitive forms of magic are actually quite potent. So for this, you want to sever the connection between you and who's ever sending you, you know, this negative stuff. So there's a couple different ways of doing it. Um, you can tie a cord or string, tie one end to a doorknob, front and back door. Or you can also adhere it on a hook to any window, depending on where you feel, you know, strongest in wanting to cut that connection. To a, port, to a to an opening? Yeah, to yeah. a window or right. a doorway. Right. And you might, you know, if you're really serious about it and want to really get into it, then do them all. Right. You know, the more energy you put into something, the better off you're going to be in terms of results. So anyway, what you're doing is you're going to tie a cord or a string or whatever to uh, that can be cut with scissors to a doorknob. And then you're going to close the door firmly so that you can pull on this cord and make it taut. And then as you hold the cord, slip the scissor blades into the middle. Don't cut it yet. But here you're going to say what this represents. So you could say, this cord represents all ill wishes sent against me, psychic attacks sent against me, you know, whatever it is that you might, you know, think would be the proper wording. Because what you're doing is you're labeling that this represents it. In magical thinking, something that represents something has power over that something. For example, we use a green candle for prosperity because green is money in, in American currency. And so we're seeing uh, the green candle to draw green money. Again, that primitive idea that the symbol or the representation will affect the thing we're after. Um, prosperity magic, health magic would be the same drawing a caduceus on a piece of parchment. You know, you're asking for a health magic, and so the caduceus is health. So, again, using a symbol to represent the thing you're actually trying to affect. So make sure you firmly commit and name what that cord is all about. Then hold it real taut, and then right before you cut it with the scissors, and you want to cut it with force. Like, you want to cut it like you're literally disgusted and you're cutting something away you've had it with this you're just going to cut that sucker and and really you know Put emotion into it. Yeah. and what will happen is when you cut that there's an energetic exchange because all of a sudden that cord will just fall away and you really feel that you did something energetically because you did um so holding that to say i cut and sever all ill intent and back to sender, it is sent, because you want it to leave you and go back to whoever um, wanted to deliver that to you so that uh, you know, they, they end up with the, uh, the results of their ill intentions. Um, it's always a good lesson. Um, so I cut and sever all intent, and back to sender, it is sent. So that's something you're gonna do. You can say that three times and cut it, or you can just say it once and cut it. It depends on how emotionally invested you want to get. But you do want to get emotionally invested because when you cut that cord, you want to really feel like you've made that severance. And 
and you will if you're fully invested. If you do anything half-hearted, you're going to get half-hearted results. So just bear that in mind with any active magic. Well, and, and it doesn't, you know, for me, doing that throughout a month, um, on every seven days, if I felt that it was particularly strong, I would do it that way. Right. It's not something that you can't uh, um, perform again. Um, not that you want to do it every, like you're saying, once you set things up, you don't want to have to every day go in and, and feel like you need to amplify it. You want to feel confident that when you did it, you did Right. And that's why that emotional investment is so important. You know, um, in the Italian uh, tradition, uh, before anything like that would be done, if you were going to cut a, a, a thread, you would walk back, you pace back and forth, and you think about, you know, what you wanted to do and, you know, how you wanted to sever this. And you would really work up an emotional um, energy about it so that when you went to do it, you, you put all of that emotional energy into that act. Absolutely. Now, another method you can use, um, which I've used practically all of my magic career, is similar to um, what in contemporary circles you find with saging something. Um, the idea that smoke is cleansing or purifying. Um, it is, but also from my point of view, magically, the smoke carries things away, lifts it up. That's positive and negative because you can say prayers into incense, which I do. I speak my invocations into incense um, with the idea that the smoke is carrying that to wherever I need it to go to. Well, it's also carrying your words, your breath right. away. On, on, yeah, your breath away on the smoke. And I, I also do that with prayers to deity on the altar when I do my altar calls. When I do my quarter calls, um, I always use incense so that my words are carried on the smoke from this plane to the next. What I t like to use is blagans. blagans yeah. <laughs> I like to use blagans. They're really hard to find these days, but if you can find a blagan, by all means, grab one. Um, but if you can't, you can always use dragon's blood incense. Um, and um, I find it very effective. There's something about that plant energy um, that is very magical and cleansing and uh, and the scent of it is very has a nice resonance, and with it you create an environment which the contrary energy cannot reside in. That's part of the magic we use in the Ashburts and Willow tradition. Is rather than strict banishment, I like to create an environment in which the undesired thing cannot exist because the energy is contrary to its manifestation, cohesion, and application. So it's easier to create of an environment with your incense, candles, you know, uh, incantations, talismans, what have you, to create that environment than it is to try to dislodge something that's already tried to embed itself in you psychically or in the structure of your home. So I do spirals as I say words, and I might say something like, with this smoke, I cleanse this area with sacredness. Um, with the smoke, I lift up and away any contagion magic here, any evil intent, any ill intention, any negativity. The smoke carries this away. 
And then what I try to do is I, I try to make smoke circles. So I'll take my incense, let the smoke build up a little bit, and then I thrust the forward the stick forward and pull it back real quick. And very often a circle of smoke will form when I do that. So you're just taking an incense stick, pushing it forward straight out away from you real quick, pulling it back, and often a circle will form. So try that, uh, slow or fast, and see what that looks like. And on that, I see that circle carrying away um, whatever um, I need it to do. Um, so that's another thing you can do, um, sensing the area and where you are with the uh, dragon's blood incense. Sage itself, of course, is good. Uh, I like to stay with the older traditional cult methods um, that are European-based. Um, but that's just uh, me and a handful of people that agree with me. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we can, unless you have anything you want to add, Stephanie, we can move into uh, a little meditation. Um, I, I do think that there's value in, um, I know you touched on crystals, but I also mm -hmm. think that metals also work oh. really good right. as um, deflectors or protectors. So um, if you can find, and you can at coin stores, you can find, uh, like, for instance, the old uh, copper penny, the English copper penny or any copper coins, and use those um, if you didn't want to salt or, or no. um, uh, red brick stuff somewhere. You can put coins in their place as well. Also, I would you use black salt too? I mean, besides I would kosher. absorb. That could be absorbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could do that. Another trick to that is uh, rather than putting salt uh, or or uh, the powders directly onto the thresholds or windowsills, you can lay tape down and adhere, you know, and sprinkle it on the tape so it's contained on one thing and it sticks to it. Um, I know that sounds a little tricky, but you'll figure it out. It, it can be done that way, too. Also, when you mentioned dragon's blood, mm -hmm. that there's dragon's blood reed powder, right. which also would work as a good deterrent mm -hmm. um, on any kind of... Uh, it would, yeah. Yeah. And you can burn that. I think, I think you can burn the reed on uh, you can. charcoal, uh -huh. and that'll make a nice smoky, sagey yeah, thing do. that you can carry around through the house. You, one technique is to have a... Uh, a thoroughball, a container that holds smoking incense, and you walk, uh, beginning from the back of your house, you walk each room, uh, declaring that you're cleansing and purifying it of all ill intent, and then um, you open the back door and walk the smoke out, and so everything goes out the back door. Um, that's an old technique, and we've used that in our own home a couple of times, and it, it'll also settle down... Um, uh, psychic disturbances like uh, ghosts and uh, poltergeist activity and things that go bump in the night kinds of stuff um, can be calmed down using that technique. And we just happened to sell that in our store, uh, Dragon's Blood Reed Powder. Right. Um, I also sell the chunks of it, which you can um, pulverize yourself and or mix in with copal or with frankincense and myrrh or um, even white sage. You can combine all that together and make a very potent uh, di di diffusing uh, incense to do what Raven was just speaking about. So Right. Another thing that's kind of cool that you can do, I used to do this with my um, 
one of my daughters who who was afraid of uh, uh, the dark, something hiding under her bed, something in the closet, you know, a very common childhood fear, which really comes from feeling insecure and unsafe, uh, being left alone. Um, so it's partly psychological, but there's also a magical element in dealing with it. Um, so what I used to do with her is I would take a uh, card cardboard tube, which is, you know, usually inside of wrapping paper, you know, like Christmas wrapping paper, for example. So you want one that's a little bit long. And you paint the um, tube with your with your child so they see the process of you making a magical um, object. I used to call it the monster smacker. And so we'd paint it, we'd put magical protective symbols on it, anything that she wanted to contribute. I would contribute something so that she could see my power added to it. And um, what we would do at bedtime, we would say, let's get the monster smacker and get rid of anything that's here. So she would happily take the monster smacker and we'd stick it under the bed and thrash it back and forth and chase the monsters out and chase them out the window. And we go into her closet and smack everything in there, the clothes and all that stuff, and just, you know, and talk about, you know, chasing off these, these beings and then chase them out the window. And then we'd put the monster smacker next to her bed, and she'd climb into bed and be, you know, just all ready to relax and tell her a nighttime story. And she'd fall asleep quite peacefully. And then, you know, sometimes she'd report to me that she, she'd get up in the middle of the night and feel any weirdness. She'd just grab the smacker. You know, sometimes she'd just hold it next to her in bed, or sometimes she'd go give something a smack. But it gave her power over the thing. You see, she got to participate and not be a victim. And that's really kind of how you deal with psychic energy. You don't sit there victimized by it, because that's what the person wants who's sending it to you. Um, you want to turn that around and chase it out and actually send it back is always a bonus. Uh, you know, nothing like sending it back to the person who uh, sent it to you. Uh, for them to have to deal with. Because my, my thing about magic is you shouldn't have to continually deal with someone's idiotic moment of wanting to mess with you magically. No one has the right to disturb you on a magical level unless you've done something to them or they've done something to you. I mean, there is a right to bind somebody. There's a right to protect yourself against somebody. So somebody may be sending magic to you that... Eh, you had coming. Um, but when it's just an attack, then for the sake of attack or the sake of just ill wishes in general, no, no one has the right to do that to you. So, you know, you have to uh, have to defend yourself. Um, I always say in, in old magic, there's only one law of ethics. And that law in old magic is we do not harm the innocent. Then we define what an innocent is. An innocent is someone who has not provoked us. Provoke us and you lose the protection of being an innocent because you no longer are innocent. You provoked us. So that's the one law that um, I adhere to in magic. Um, and it's just something I toss out. If you're in a situation where you feel you need to do something and you feel justified in doing it, you know, by all means, go for it. But that being said, 
I've been attacked by people who thought that they were in the right uh, when they weren't. Uh, they believed they were at the time, or they were misled, or or they're just an asshole. You know, I don't know. But I know that um, they have done it, and it was, was not warranted. And that automatically goes back on them without you having to do anything about it, because that's just the natural law. Uh, every act of magic does cause a ripple effect, and that ripple effect will return to you. That's not a negative thing if you've been in the right. If you've been in the wrong, then there are consequences. So always be sure you're right, and then go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a slippery slope. How do you decide if you were right or wrong? Because again, that's discernment. Yeah, you could well, be wrong and discernment. Well, yeah, sure, you could be wrong thinking you're right. Uh, that's absolutely possible. Yeah. It's part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying there's got to be a formula here. Yeah. You know, and you have to discern it first. Am I justified? If so, why am I justified? Did I part, did I put anything into this that I caused this to happen? And if I did, do I have the right then to deal with this other person who's now messing with me? Um, and go through that thought process. I've, I've gone through that kind of thing and decided not to do anything because I thought, you know what, I, I think I did kind of irk that person on, you know, and so I'll think, yeah, it's really not justified for me now to be doing something. I'll just put a protection on my, myself mm-hmm. and I won't put a return mm-hmm. on the energy. But you just have to decide where you want to go with all of this, mm-hmm. you know, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just here, I'm just here with information. information and giving you techniques and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, your ethics are going to be your ethics and you'll deal with that. Um, and, and it'll deal with you. And it'll deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. Um, but again, don't get paranoid and think that everything that's happening to you is some you know, yeah, result that, that, of something. Yeah. You know that. Chances you, are that's you know, not you happening. Well, chances are the crap in your life is because you know it's there. Well, and if you're thinking that other people are attacking you, why would you be thinking that right. other people, like you're saying, the perception yeah. of why do you think that would be happening to you? Are you a scoundrel? Are you yeah. doing this to people? Or? Yeah. And but I mean, that, that certainly speaks to how you're going to handle it, sure. too. Right. Um, you know, but there's also this thing we call random occurrence. Mm-hmm. And that is really big. And it's in a lot of people's lives. And it just means that shit's happening. And you may not have anything to do with it. You didn't deserve it, you didn't call for it, you didn't put yourself into that energy, but it came anyway. And that random occurrence can be anything small or big. You know, it can be a string of bad luck. It could be somebody, you know, a random occurrence is even walking down the street, somebody drives by and shoots you, or you're at school and someone, some idiot comes in with a gun and starts shooting everybody. You didn't draw that to yourself. You know, some people say, well, it was karmic. You know, well, there are karmic things that can happen, but there's also random occurrence. Well, there's being in the wrong place at the wrong right. time. And that has to do with someone else's idiotic moment. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. People have free will, and that free will can be used against you, and you did not deserve it. You, you weren't calling it to yourself. Some people believe in fate and that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, I believe believe that there is fate, and I do believe things happen for a reason, but I don't believe everything that happens to you happens for a reason that has anything to do with you. It's random occurrence. It's happening to you because someone else set something in motion that didn't have you as a target. 
as a yeah a true target that yeah. it was really about you right. um you know these school shootings for example are the same way i mean what are the odds that you know 100 people in school all have the same karma on the same day i mean come on um they're real well and i and i think um you know looking at our situation too that the way that you um step up to acceptance and moving forward with whatever has happened in your life rather than letting it um, create an inertia or stagnation because you you can't um, think beyond the immediacy of the event that that also is a, a psychic type of inertia and and and, and stagnation so you have to keep participating in your life. You can't just give in and give up. Right, and be victimized. Well, right, and, and, and even even looking forward, if you know that the result may not be exactly what you want, that working towards that end goal is the important part. Whatever it is you do want, you don't stop uh, working towards that. You keep creating the, you know, the, the footsteps towards that goal uh, whatever it takes, and um, it keeps your life—it keeps your life cohesive, rather than letting it fall apart. It does indeed. So, are you? Do you want to take a little break and do the meditation? Yeah, let's take a break, and we'll come back and we'll do a, a meditation for aura cleansing. So, stay with us. We'll be right back after this musical break. Fleet won't stay. 
that are allowing us to uh, play their music on our show are all doing it willingly as a gift. And we are very appreciative. Grateful and honored. Yes. Thank you all. And um, we also want to give a shout out to International Pagan Radio that has picked up our broadcast. Yes, it is. It is International Pagan, Pagan Radio. Yes. yes. Uh, they are playing our show several times on Thursday, and you can pick up that link. Uh, well, well, you can just go to, to their site, and you'll find it there. So please uh, give it a listen. And also they have lots of other content on there. I think that everybody who listens to our show would enjoy as well. So um, please support uh, these people who support us and support you with their work and their efforts. And um, so now I think uh, we will we'll do the meditation. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So go ahead and get um, comfortable and lay down or sit back. And I'm going to describe something visually that I'd like you to try to see in your mind's eye. And then I'm going to say a, a series of words that um, you can use whenever you need them. Uh, customize them as needs be. You don't have to literally uh, use the words I'm using, but use something similar to it. I'm going to say it three times over when it's time to say them, and hopefully that'll uh, help you remember at least the gist of what the words are all about. So before we go into the meditation, I want to preface this with the idea of light itself. Light is dispelling of darkness. Darkness is an energy that is anti. Um, when I've described this before, if you have two rooms separated by a wall, and in one room you have a bright light on, and the other room is completely dark, if you drill a hole between the rooms, drill a hole through that wall, if you look into the room of darkness, you'll see a light beam penetrating into the darkness. If you look in the lighted room, you'll not see a beam of darkness penetrating from the other side into the lighted room. Darkness cannot exist in the light. Light can exist in the darkness. Um, and that's the beauty of the teaching. So by drawing light around yourself and filling yourself with that light, you create an environment in which darkness, i.e. ill intent, uh, negativity cannot reside within that because darkness cannot penetrate the light, cannot take hold in the center of light. Light can do that to darkness and dispel it. So, let's, uh, like I said, lay back or sit back, relax, close your eyes, take a deep breath in, and let it out. I want you to picture yourself in outer space, just in the blackness of outer space, floating, surrounded by all of that blackness of the dark outer space. In the distance now, you see a glowing object coming towards you. It is a bright star. Even see it as a five-pointed star and it's just bright white light, and it's coming to you, getting larger and larger. As it comes to you, it is the entire size of your body. You stretch your arms out and legs out to form an X. 
and here you are actually the star itself. So your head is the top point of the star. Your arms are the two points of the star on the upper part, legs on the bottom. That light now surrounds you, forms a sphere of energy around you. You are surrounded by the white light. And all you can see now is that bright white light. It has shut out all darkness and all blackness around you. You are inside of a bubble of white light, very bright, comfortable, but powerful. You take a deep breath in, and that light fills you. It enters your nose or your mouth. It goes into your body. See yourself from your toes, moving up to your chest and up to your head. You're filling with white light. You are now filled with the light of this white, divinely sent energy. You can evoke that at any time you want, simply by seeing that star come, surround you, turn into a sphere that you're inside of, and then you breathe in some of that sphere energy so that your body is filled, much like pouring water into a vessel, and you fill yourself up with the white light. Now, the words that I like to use when I'm laying there, even after I do this meditation, um, I will use these words to reaffirm that this is the status of the environment so that darkness cannot reside. So I will say out loud, I am surrounded by the pure white light of the divine. Nothing but good can come to me. Nothing but good can come from me. You see, that's going to set a resonance. And you continue. I am filled with the pure white light of the divine. Nothing but good can come to me. Nothing but good can come from me. So that's the... Words are words to that effect that you want to use while you're laying there after the meditation. Let me go back over them. And picture how this would work. You're laying there. You've just evoked this white light around you. You've filled your body with this white light. You are in the center of divine white light, and it is you, and you are it, and it is resonating against anything contrary to the beauty of that environment. And so you affirm, I am surrounded by the pure white light of the divine. I am surrounded by the pure white light of the divine. Nothing but good can come to me. Nothing but good can come to me. Nothing but good can come from me. Nothing but good can come. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.